Talking Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Welcome to the Everything Leaves Podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza. As always, we have an expansion draft edition of the Everything Leaves Podcast today. We have 30 expansion lists to talk about, multiple trades to go through, including a lease trade. But I think today we have to begin with the question that's on everyone's mind. Nick, what did you think of the Leafs' decision to expose Kenny Agostino? Well, first, I don't even think Kenny Agostino is with the organization right now. He's still he was on the list. He was on. Was the he on the list? I thought list. he went to Europe. That is, I already I already cut my losses with him. I already, uh, you know, kind of expect him to go to Europe. I didn't even know he was on the list, to be honest. I, I, already, I already closed that chapter in my life of, of Kenny Agostino fandom. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I thought you were going to be heartbroken today. So definitely keeps the vibes more positive. But Well, there's there's definitely a few Leafs fans that are heartbroken over all the speculation regarding the expansion draft list, including one guy that the Leafs just traded for, Jared McCann. He has gone from... A player that I think a few people in Leafs Twitter really wanted, uh, you included. I know that I've been a fan of him as well. And has he become the most popular Leaf in the span? Like less than 24 hours, he's become (laughs) just shot up the boards. He is a fan favorite right now. I know. I think people are more upset about losing him than than Zach Hyman. But we'll get into (laughs) it. I am the president of the McCann fan club. I've been wanting him for a while, as you said. But let's... Let's focus, I guess, you know, let's start simple. So let's forget about the McCann trade. We recorded last Tuesday, less than a week ago, and we said, okay, we expect the Leafs to take four forwards, four defense, and one goalie. And we were kind of having the debate whether we'd want to protect Justin Hall or Travis Dermott. Uh, Personally, I would have protected Justin Hall. Their protection list, if you ask me on Tuesday, is what I would have done. Um, So let's say, Nick, that you went camping until the expansion draft after we recorded and you didn't have cell reception. And then after the expansion draft, you just barely get cell reception. And naturally you immediately go to cap friendly and you're looking at Seattle's roster and you're looking at that roster and you see no Justin Hall, no Kerfoot and you see no Travis Dermott. But what you do see is that they have the Leafs seventh round pick and Philip Hollander. Are you taking that? Can we call that a win? If it was just Hollander in a seventh? I love how you said that we're going to start off simple and it's quite the hypothetical here. But (laughs) um, yes, so actually I tweeted something similar today. Pretty much if someone told me a week ago that the Leafs would pretty much lose Hollander in seventh due to the expansion draft, I'd be absolutely thrilled. Like I think any Leafs fan would be super happy with that. But I think things have obviously changed now. Like Jared McCann isn't a seventh and and Hollander. He's a lot better than that. It was a great deal for Toronto. Um, so now you're looking at it and I can definitely see why people are, are really upset over this because Jared McCann's a really good player. And if you lose him for nothing, um, you know, it, you can't really say, oh, well, it's just Hollander in a seventh because no, it's not Hollander a seventh. It's, it's Jared McCann. So, uh, you know, we're going to see here, I'm not going to get too much into Jared McCann cause I want to get to it after, but I know you said that you wanted to protect Hall 
That's what the Leafs did in the end. I said at the time that I would have protected Dermott with that fourth D spot. I think it was really important to me that um, they did use that last spot for a defender rather than going 7-3-1 at the time before McCann. But they did go with Hall, and a lot of people were are upset about it. You know, At the time, I did say that I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Hall. I think that Muzzin Hall has worked for the last year and a half at least. Um you know, the numbers don't show that he's been that good, but I do find a lot of value in someone who's two, $2 million a year who can play against top competition. Yes, he's being carried by Jake Muzzin, but I wouldn't put Timothy Lilligren there right now. I don't think Dermot's kind of proven that he can play on the right side, especially in the top four just yet. Um, but is that where your reasoning is? Like, do you, now that, you know, McCann is with them, would you still protect Hall? Yeah, so... I think it's kind of well known for those that follow me on Twitter that I'm a huge Jerry McCann fan. Like I've, I've tweeted about him for years. I was thrilled that they acquired him. So yeah, I would have personally protected Jared McCann and exposed Justin Hall. I actually would have still exposed Kerfoot and given them the option to take Kerfoot. Right. Um, because ultimately I'd rather have Hall than Kerfoot. That's why last episode uh, I'd go four forward, four D um so really with with Dubis I think the Leafs are in a better spot than they were a week ago even though they didn't they didn't protect McCann I would have protected him um but I think if they were to trade Kerfoot for example like let's say McCann gets taken I think they do better than Hallander in a seventh so I really didn't get the trade from Pittsburgh's perspective unless they're really high on Philip Hallander um, like now they're going to lose someone else, right? Instead of McCann, it's either going to be Tristan Jari or Zach Aston Reese. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they'll take a bad contract off their hands, like a, a Jason Zucker or something like that. And they'll get lucky. But I think it's a, it's a bit of a risk for Pittsburgh. I don't get it from their perspective. Um, but for the least perspective, like I think they're ahead because I'm such a big McCann fan, I would have protected him. Um, but some of the outrage over it is a little bit much for me. I think Justin Hall is getting undersold. I always thought he should have been protected over Kerfoot. Um, I just think for $2 million, you'd have a hard time replacing him, uh, in the Leafs top four. I know that some people, you know, attribute a lot of his success to Muzzin, but Muzzin's going to be on the team next year. That pairing works. They don't have much cap space to spend elsewhere as it stands, if they have to go and add a, a, a top four right shooting defenseman, it's going to be even less cap space for a for a second goalie and, and an impact forward. So I I was fine with the decision to to protect Hall. I that's what I wanted ahead of that McCann trade. But obviously they go and they trade for someone who I'm the pre, I'm a huge McCann fan, so that kind of changed things. Um, I guess for a few hours until it you know everyone got their heart broken. Um, yeah. But you, you know I think. Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm if you if you if you told me this last podcast, I'm pretty happy. If if you're asking me after that McCann trade happens, I, I wish they would have protected McCann. But you know, I don't think it's the end of the world or anything, or like a fireable yeah. offense. But I I still don't know who they'll take. But I like McCann. Let's just put it that way. I think it's always difficult to. Well, it's not difficult for some people, I think. But for myself, I think it's a little difficult to get really upset when we're kind of in between information. So we know what the list is, and we don't know who Seattle's going to pick. Now, there's been a lot of speculation that maybe there is a deal that's under the table that pretty much is telling Seattle that, 
you know, maybe the Toronto is going to trade them something. Maybe they've already made a deal saying that the, that Seattle is going to get a player that, or is going to take a player that Toronto wants, whether that's Kerfoot, whether that's Dermot, but pretty much not picking McCann. Um, to go back to what you said, I would have also went going, gone with uh, seven three one after the McCann deal. If it was me, I would have exposed both Hall and Dermot. Um, I would have exposed Kerfoot as well. Um, but now things are a bit interesting. Now, I want to get your opinion on this because I was actually just brainstorming this and maybe this is a bit of appeal to authority because I do think Dubis is... I do think he finds value in Jared McCann as a player. He obviously played with the Sioux Greyhounds. He was one of their best scorers in 2013-2014. Keefe was the coach at the time. You know, there's been rumors of McCann... I mean, the Leafs being interested in McCann in the past. So I think that Dubas knows the value of Jared McCann. And I don't think that he's just going to, you know, trade for him if he expected Seattle to take him now. Now, very much that could happen, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, one kind of out of the box idea that I did have is that Dave Haxtall, who is, who was uh, Toronto's assistant coach is currently Seattle's head coach. So I kind of wonder if there was an under-the-table deal there where um, Seattle had an opportunity to talk to Dave Haxtall, and as a result, now, you know, Toronto can say, don't take Jared McCann or don't take this type of player, take this player. Do you see that happening, Kevin, or or am I just uh, or am I just hoping a bit too much? I think you're hoping a bit too much. <laughs> I don't think the Haxtell thing has anything to do with it, other than, you know, he'll know the least players. Um, in terms of the Dubas McCann thing, I know, I don't know. I see it on Twitter with people being like, Hey, like Dubas knows this guy. He loves this player. And I just don't buy it. Like if he loves McCann, you think he would have protected him. Um, I think when you look at McCann, you know, every team knew he was available. Like I knew he was available. I was tweeting about him, you know, four days ago, knowing he was available. So I think another team, like, all the other teams in the NHL could have traded for McCann and they kind of knew what the price was going to be pretty low. Um, so I don't know if his, his value around the league is, is as high as maybe, you know, hockey Twitter values him or I value him. I, I do think he's underrated. Um, but like Dubis has been a GM for a, a few years now. I forget the exact date he got hired, but he's had opportunities to get McCann. His value hasn't been all that high in the past. Um, you know, I don't know if I buy that he's... He's, you know, a huge Jared McCann fan just because he played in the Sioux. But, you know, I think he likes a player enough to, to see him as a Kerfoot backup if, if Kerfoot departs. Um, and really, like, if you think McCann is similar to Kerfoot and you're just saying, okay, we want one of these guys as a third-line center next year or as our second-line winger next year, um, you know, if we lose Kerfoot, we feel we have a good replacement McCann, like an insurance policy. I get the thinking. Um, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day – I think you look at the least front office and they, and they picked Hall over McCann. So I think they value Hall more than McCann, uh, probably a little bit due to, to the position, due to cap hit, due to need. Uh, but that's where I think they stand. And, you know, I don't necessarily agree with them, but I do think that Hall is a little bit underrated right now. Like people just, you know, I, especially over, like I'd have Hall over Kerfoot pretty easily, for example. And I, I feel like some people are disagreeing there. Um, so yeah, I, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me at all if Seattle just took McCann. Um, I wouldn't shock me at all if they like Kerfoot more because 
you know, the trade offers around the league for McCann obviously weren't that high. Um, so really nothing would surprise me at this point. It wouldn't even surprise me if they took Travis Dermott. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a question. I think so. I'd be pretty, like, that's a mistake. If if there's no under the you know table deal, and, and I read the uh, article of The Athletic earlier today, they were under the impression that there isn't an under the table deal going on. And, and you know, kind of what you were saying is, is pretty much what's happening. But I think that's a mistake uh, on Leafs management. Like, I don't think McCann and Kerfoot, I think they're similar players that they both can play center, both play left wing. They can, they're both pretty good defensively, but I think McCann's younger. He's a better per 60 scorer. He shoots more than Kerfoot. I think he's got a better shot than Kerfoot. I think he's better suited to play in the top six, like with uh, Tavares and Nylander than Kerfoot. So I don't know. I don't know how... I don't think I would be able to just like kind of happily accept if if Seattle does take McCann. Um, and it's funny because he he was only, you know, taken by the Leafs twenty four hours ago. But um, you know, I think he's a really good player. So I'm hoping they take Kerfoot. I think that's you know best case scenario out of the possible you know the higher the higher chance. Like obviously they take like Joey Anderson that I'm I'm, I'm doing backflips, but. Um, if they do take Kerfoot, I think, you know, the Leafs, Leafs fans should be pretty happy about that. Yeah, so I know it was Jonas Siegel at The Athletic who uh, who wrote that athletic article you were talking about. Um, so I, do, I, I don't think when they made the deal, like they made it right before the deadline, right at the last minute. I don't think they had, like my guess is that they didn't have an agreement with Seattle ahead of time. But what they could do now is they could call Seattle and say, okay, who do you want to take, Kerfoot or McCann? And if they say Kerfoot, maybe you just let them take Kerfoot. If they say they want McCann, you could work out a deal now. So you could say, okay, what do you want to take Kerfoot instead of McCann? And you could throw in something else. The question now is going to be, is it worth it, right? Like if the price is, oh, we want Rasmus Sandin in order to take Kerfoot instead of McCann, it's a, it's a hard no. If they want a third round pick or something like that, maybe you consider it. Um, I would rather throw in the third round pick if I got to if I, if they would take Kerfoot instead. So I don't think there's anything on the table. I do think that it's really going to come down to it, it's it's pretty simple, really. It's, I think it's a matter of how Seattle views McCann versus how they view Kerfoot, and then how the lease front office does the exact same thing. And, you know, if, if, if Seattle really likes McCann, for example, if they think he's a star player or, or a clear top six or just way better than Kerfoot, I think they're just going to take him. Um, but perhaps there is a deal that, that's going to be made. So I, I expect those discussions to happen ahead of the draft. Um, but we'll really see where it goes because I know uh, there's, there's a lot of questions around the league in terms of who's going to get taken. We've seen names like, you know, Mark Giordano, James Van Riemsdyk, Vladimir Tarasenko, Carey Price. Um, so there's certainly uh, some, some huge names out there that they could take and, and kind of, you know, switch, I mean, cause some chaos. But um, I, even with the Leafs case, you, you could see a, a question of, you know, what happens there. Because, uh, frankly, I don't know at this point who they're going to take. I'd lean McCann. That's probably I'd put the favorite as, but... Um, it could really go a number of ways here. Yeah, I think that's why I'm trying not to get emotionally invested just yet because there's so many things that are still kind of happening um, with this expansion draft. Like last time with Vegas, I think all of us got really upset when Matt Martin was 
was protected and there was a lot of different kind of pretty much similar to what's happening right now and you know across the league and there were so many deals that were done you know before that last deadline before Seattle actually picked so I think there's a lot of moving pieces right now so I'm trying my best not to to kind of give in is that where you are right now or, or are you pretty upset well I think the overreactions are a bit much like for example like if if Dubas basically said okay we'd rather give up Hollander in a seventh than Kerfoot I think this is a reasonable trade like Maybe he's not that high on McCann, and maybe you think that's wrong if you're a, if you're an NHL fan or someone who is trying to evaluate Jared McCann. But I, I, like based on just his value around the league, I think that might be a right the right call. Like um, if you like, let's just assume that they love Justin Hall, for example. Like this Jared McCann trade still makes plenty of sense, even if Jared McCann gets taken. It's it'd be a bit disappointing, but yeah, I'm not really overreacting until we see who they take and. You know, I think you made a good point there. Um, the other thing, too, is the Leafs should have a good indication of what Alex Kerfoot's trade value is. So mm-hmm. if they think they could get, like, a, a pretty good prospect, like someone noticeably, noticeably better than Hallander, you know, maybe they're fine with McCann going and, and they trade Kerfoot knowing that they could get, you know, a pretty good haul for him. So, yeah, I just think there's so many options here. Um, it's going to be a bit weird if McCann leaves, you know, I'll, I'll miss him. I think he's, he's going to go down as one of the better Leafs of all time. I'll have to put his number in, in legends row, but never it, got is a scored bit, on. it would be a bit disappointing given that I've, I've asked them to trade for him for like three years now and they finally do. And then he's gone like two days later without playing a game. It would be a little bit heartbreaking, but I'm trying to, you know, not get too worked up until we see what happens here. Okay, so before we get into Jared McCann, the player, let's get some predictions here. So first off, next year, does Jared McCann play a game for the Toronto Maple Leafs on opening night? Yes or no? I think it's close to 50-50, which is the boring answer. Gotta go with one. You gotta go with one. I'll go yes. I'm going 51% yes. yes. Okay, Um, I'll go yes as well. And then the second question... As a follow-up is, who is Seattle going to take on the Leafs? So given that I'm going yes, I'll, I'll say Kerfoot. Um, so this, they could pick Kerfoot fi- kind of for two reasons. One could be that um, they just like Kerfoot more than McCann. Or two could be that you know the Leafs kind of offer them a little bit more to take Kerfoot because they like McCann more. So um that's why i'm going kerfoot but i honestly think it's it's close to 50 50 i i really don't know what way i lean and there's also an outside chance they take Dermot. so i'll go yes but i'm i'm i think it's 50 50 so i'm kind of giving a cop-out answer here yeah i think they're gonna go with kerfoot as well i don't know the reason why just yet i don't know there's not that many you know kind of those middle six four uh, centers out right now so I, i do think that kerfoot is a little bit more desirable but for those same reasons mccann is as well but so as a follow-up question is if you were Seattle, who would you take on the Leafs? And you can't say McCann because we all know that's going to be the answer. Uh, I would take Dermott then. I'm not a big Kerfoot fan at 3.5. I just don't see the a ton of surplus value there. I'm, a, I'm more of a Dermott fan. Um, you know, Dermott's a fine choice. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's like a bad contract or anything. If you're looking for centers, which they probably are, it might be the better option. Um, 
So honestly, I don't know who I would take. I think it would depend on what the needs are on the team because I think it's close enough. But I'm leaning towards Dermot. Yeah, so if I had to rank the players that I would protect on the Leafs, like obviously the big three on defense, the big four forwards. After that, like if I had to rank them, it would be Jared McCann, then Travis Dermott, Justin Hall, and then Kerfoot. So for me, if McCann's not an option, I would also, I would also go with Travis Dermott. Um, I just think that, you know, obviously I'm not going to go into Travis Dermott. I think anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that you and I both like him. Um, but I think there is some upside there. His ability to play on the right side helps a lot. And obviously that top four potential. So I think there is a, you know, maybe a bit of risk for Seattle to take him. But I, I think with that contract that he has right now, I think it's worth it. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, I think they are going to go with Kerfoot in the end. But let's get into Jared McCann because, you know, we got we to gotta give our, our player evaluation of what type of player he is, how good he is. In case he gets, uh, in case in forty eight hours he's not a leaf, so we, we got to talk about him on this podcast a little bit. Did you read my article this time, or still no? You still on straight? This one, this one, I I actually when it first, I was making some notes actually about Jared McCann, um, okay. and then because I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast, and then I read your article. And, okay, wow. And a lot of the notes matched up, so you know I, I think our. I'm definitely not the president of the fan club, um, but I think I, I guess I'll be I'll be a citizen of that uh, of that town or that city or whatever that is, or of the fan club. I'll be a citizen of it. All right, you're in. We meet on Wednesday nights, and uh, there's pizza. The po- but but it's bring your the own population. Place. The population is the whole of Leafs Nation right now. That's that's all the members <laughs> is every single Leafs uh, fan right now. But uh, no, going to McCann, you know. I'll let you take the floor first because obviously you wrote the you wrote the article, so you get the uh, you get the first dibs at him. Okay, I'll try to. I guess the basic scouting report on him is that he's someone who played primarily on the wing, um, but has also played center in the past. So uh, he did play center in the Sioux for Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas. He's also played a little bit of center at the NHL level as well. Uh, he so he is someone who's quite versatile. He does play on the power play mainly on the left side. He's He's killed penalties a little bit in the past, uh, not last year, but he has before. Uh, he's someone who grades out well defensively by the metric, so you could put him on a checking line. Uh, he's someone who scored quite a bit in the last two years, so you could put him as a scoring line. So I think the versatility is really this, the first thing that really stands out with him. Um, and it does give the Leafs, if he stays, a lot of flexibility. So they could potentially you know, head into free agency. If they get a really good deal on a center, they could move him to wing. If they get a really good deal on a winger, they can play McCann at center. So I think first and foremost, versatility is kind of the calling card. Um, for me, his wrist shot really stands out. And then what else really stands out is just his, if you look at evolving hockey and the more you know advanced numbers in terms of goals above replacement or expected goals above replacement, he really stands out. He's kind of a goals above replacement god, if you will. So he finished second last season behind Connor McDavid in goals above replacement. Now, no one thinks he's the second best player in hockey. A lot of that was due to a high on-ice shooting percentage. But it was kind of funny, Nick. I took goals above replacement, and I took a three-year sample, and I took out that big year he had last year. So it was the previous three years. And he was still ahead of Zach Hyman in goals above replacement. So uh, I just think he's a well-rounded player. He's a pretty good passer. He's got a good shot. He's a fine four-checker. 
Um, I don't know if he has a like first line offensive upside, but I think he's an underrated player. I think he's someone who is probably like a four to four point five million dollar player. Let's say four, and he only makes three. So I just think he's an an underrated guy who's underpaid and and on a bit of a bargain contract. And the Leafs with their big contracts, I think that's the type of player they're looking for. Someone who's versatile. Someone who could you know like a curfoot, uh, switch between center or wing depending on what the need is. And then someone who's also half a million dollars cheaper than Kerfoot, which, you know, lets you spend on either a better second goalie or a better impact forward to help replace Hyman himself. So I just, I'm a fan of the player. I don't know if he's a star, but I do think that it's kind of a low risk move. Um, You know, kind of worst case, he's probably about worth his $3 million contract, kind of what Kerfoot was last year where, you know, he's like, yeah, it's about what he is. And then best case scenario, you know, maybe he's a maybe he's really like a true four and a half or five million dollar player. So that's kind of how I see him. I'm not really, you know, they at least aren't the cap favorites if if McCann stays or anything. But I think it is a, a positive move in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with that assessment there. Um, not only is he a RAPM god, but he also is very good per sixty stats. Like you said, though, that on ice shooting percentage helps a lot. Uh, defensively, last year he had a very high on-ice save percentage as well. So it led to a pretty inflated um, goals for a percentage at 5-on-5. But, Mm -hmm. of course, those are good things. We do expect that there might be a bit of regression. But regardless, I mean, I think he's a good player. Um, Like you said, I really like his shot. And one thing about him that I wanted to touch upon, actually you touched upon it in your article, is he didn't play very much with Crosby and Malkin last year. So when they actually got Jeff Carter, he actually moved to left wing. So he was playing a lot with... Uh, Jason Zucker is playing a lot with Jeff Carter with former Leafs legend Evan Rodriguez so you know I, I I don't think that quality of teammates is something that is really driving up his his uh, production last year especially so I'd be interested to see him you know play a third line center I think that his skill set really would look good on the left wing with Tavares and Nylander kind of in a similar fashion to how Kerfoot was because you and I have talked about it quite a while, quite a bit, sorry, where when Kerfoot was on that line, it gave Tavares another puck carrier. I think his skating and his puck carrying isn't as good as it used to be when he was younger. So having Nylander and Kerfoot together to kind of carry the load in the neutral zone was really good for Tavares. And I think Jared McCann is an underrated puck carrier. Um, so I would like to see that as a line. Uh, like you said, he's good defensively. He does play on the penalty, the power play. I don't think I saw him play very much on the penalty kill. Now, can you back that up there, or, or can he play on the penalty kill? So he didn't last year at all, um, but previous years he was kind of like a secondary option. So just based on his minutes, I think he was around like 40 minutes a year, it looked like he was kind of like not one of the top four, but maybe someone that would sub in if you know you needed a fifth guy out there or someone else was in the box. So he, he's been out there before. It's just not last year. Yeah. So pretty much kind of similar to the usage of Kerfoot. Um, Cause he wasn't really one of the big four, but he, he was kind of put in there, but you know, I, I think you and I have both talked about it where when Dubas first came here and one of the big things that, you know, we talked about was we felt like he had the ability to find these underrated players and I think he's done that at the draft level. I mean, he's gotten guys like VT Mitten in very late, Dmitry Ovchinikov. Like, he's done very well as a draft drafting. 
I think he's done well at the developmental um, kind of level as well, like with Pierre Engvall and and trusting these guys like Justin Hall and and even the signing of the CHL players. So I just haven't seen him do it at the NHL level just yet. And I think this Jared McCann trade is probably one of the most, you know, probably one of the better trades he's made in terms of finding an underrated player that, you know, could potentially be a lot more. So I'm a big fan of this. Um, you know, other than that, like if, if you look at Dubis's best trades, I think Kapanen is the clear one. Would you say that this in a vacuum is the clear two? I guess it's a wait and see. Like, uh, it could be a pretty minor trade if McCann gets taken. Um, it's still a good trade because, you know, I'd rather give up Hollander in the seventh than Kerfoot, for example. But um, I don't know if it's it's going to be pretty minor if he does get taken. Um, if he stays, I guess it I guess it first depends on who ends up getting taken. If it's Kerfoot, then, yeah, I think it's one of his better moves um, at first glance. Obviously, we'll see what McCann can do. Um, but as I said, I think it's just a low risk move. Like I think, I think McCann, you know, even if he doesn't star, like even if he's not as good as the, you know, some of the numbers suggest, I think he's going to be like a, a, you know, Andreas Janssen type back when he was on the Leafs, not last year's Janssen on the Devils, but you know, just a guy that can, that could be a good middle six winger for you. I think that's kind of the, the floor for him. So um, yeah, I think as you said, he hasn't really played up in the lineup in Pittsburgh. He's he's playing largely with Jeff Carter and Kasperi Kapanen at least come playoff time. Um, and you know, with the Leafs, he could get a chance to either play up with you know two very good duos, whether it's Matthews Marner or Tavares Nylander, or he could you know get a get a job as the set, as the third line center. Um, there's also a chance you can make him a third line winger across from Spezza and, and really have a scoring line that you didn't have last season in your bottom six. So lots of options with him. Uh, I, I really like the flexibility. I just think he's a well-rounded guy. Like I, I wrote this in my article, but I don't know if he has a sk- standout skill. Like he's got a pretty good shot, but not an elite shot. He's a pretty good four checker, but not Zach Hyman. You know, he's a decent playmaker, but he's not Marner. You know, he's not Nylander in transition. Um, he's got a little bit of grit, but not Wayne Simmons. So I think just he's he's a guy that you can kind of plug anywhere. And it's nice to have someone like that on the team. So especially the saving of, of the half a million dollars in cap space of Kerfoot goes. I know that doesn't seem like much, but when you're making your roster on, on cap friendly and trying to figure out what they can do, half a million dollars goes a long way when the Leafs are, you know, have this little cap space. So. Yeah, definitely a positive move. I don't know if it's number two. I'd have to go through them, but um, really a bit of a no-brainer, I think, if you're if you're the Leafs. Yeah, and I do think Philip Hollander is going to be an NHLer. I think I think you do too. Uh, pretty high floor with him. I think he's a safe player, um, but I mean, like you said, this is an absolute no-brainer. So I, I guess we just need to hope that McCann is still a Leaf by next by you know the next uh, 20, forty-eight hours. Yeah, with Hollander, I, I watched him play a few games last year. I, I found that I was lower on him than most when we're doing like the top 25 under 25 or just looking at Leafs prospect rankings. Um, you know, his offensive, he only had 24 points in 51 games. Um, I, I don't think he's like a high-end playmaker, a high-end goal scorer or anything. Like he could be a solid two-way winger. I know some people list him as a center, but he's almost always played a wing when I've watched him. So yeah, I think it's I think he's more of a low upside player, um, 
But you never know. Like we said, Zach Hyman was a low upside player, and look how he turned out. Now he's going to be getting like a six or seven year deal or something. Um, <laughs> so who knows with Howlander? But just watching him, like I, I feel like I'd be happy if he became Jared McCann. So that's why I like the trade. I, I think the Leafs really took advantage of the fact that you know Pittsburgh was going to lose McCann uh, and kind of gave him away for for relatively little. I, I really don't get it from Pittsburgh's perspective. Um, and, you know, we can complain that McCann wasn't protected, but ultimately I think the trade itself is definitely a positive regardless of what happens. It's just, you know, is it a bigger positive or is it just kind of a minor positive? And that's kind of what we're, you know, deciding between. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, I definitely like the trade in a vacuum. Um, and now we're just going to have to wait and see because, yeah, if, if they take McCann, I think that you're kind of... I don't think Leafs fans will be happy about it because obviously you're just looking at a very similar bottom six to last year, um, you know, pending other moves that are being made. But, you know, if they do add McCann to this, I think it ticks a lot of the boxes of the problems that we had last year with this team. One being they didn't have much scoring in their bottom six come playoff time. I think Jared McCann, if you put him there... He's a very good per 60 scorer, like we said before. I think that ticks that box. The other thing is their center depth. When Tavares went down, it, was, it wasn't it was very pleasant to have Kerfoot up in that second line. Now, he did have a very good playoff run. Um, and, he, you know, I, I think he played very good with Nylander, but I would much rather have McCann there uh, if I, you know, if the Leafs did win that series and go on later into those that playoff round. I think McCann's just the better player. So, um I think it takes two of the bigger boxes if McCann's playing on this team. So we just need to hope that Seattle doesn't really like him and, and they're not listening to this uh they're not listening to this podcast or else they'll definitely be taking him. Yeah, I might be starting to switch my tweets. I might be going like Martin Marinson is very good. I think Seattle should take him. We'll try to like do some we'll try to get in Seattle's uh mentions. Let's I'm gonna have to write another uh another Agostino <laughs> article. <laughs> It's going to be well read, I'm telling you. Um, I want to defend Justin Hall for a minute here. So it's kind of funny because he didn't really do anything to deserve this. Like, he's just probably minding his own in the offseason. And hopefully he's staying off Twitter because he's taken a lot of heat in the last, I don't know, 48 hours. Um, I, I, would have def- I would have protected him before the McCann trade. Uh, I, I think I've said earlier I probably would have switched once we got McCann. Um, but for me, he makes $2 million, and that pairing with Jake Muzzin works. And I know people say, well, Muzzin's carrying him. Well, Jake Muzzin's on the team next year, right? Like, it's not like Muzzin's going anywhere. So you could just bring that pairing back again. Uh, I think when you're the Leafs and you're Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe, like, there's a lot at stake next year. I don't think you can really risk, you know, having a bad defense. I think you, you kind of want to bring that unit back as much as you can. And... For me, I just think, you know, if you lose Justin Hall, then you have to try to replace him. And I just don't think you can replace him for $2 million. Can you replace him for $3 million? Maybe. It's probably going to be tough. You're probably giving up assets and a trade to do that. I don't know if you're going to find a free agent for $3 million. Um, maybe you can find a deal with Seattle since they're going to have a billion defensemen. But it's it's tough to find right shooting defensemen. And, you know, the, we saw it for years as Leafs fans with Zaitsev and Hainsey and, and Cody Cece and Roman Polak. And, I, you know, I think he's a tough guy to replace. I think he's getting underrated. Um, I think he's a, a, 
I think he's perfectly fine on that pairing with Muzzin. I've, I've liked him there. I've liked that pairing over the years as a shutdown pairing. Um, you know, I don't think he's a star or anything, but I do get the decision to protect him. Um, obviously, with McCann coming in, a player that I'm very high on, it kind of changes things for me just because I think I'm unusually high on McCann than most people. But um, I definitely would have taken him over Kerfoot. I think Kerfoot at 3.5 is someone you can you can replace for 3.5 in free agency. Um, whether it's like a Nick Benino and Alex Wenberg, someone like that. I think Hall's tougher to replace, so I kind of feel bad for Hall. I mean, he had a he had a decent season for the Leafs, and uh, out of the blue here, he's just taking all this crap from Leafs fans. But um, I don't mind that decision. I don't think I don't. I think it's defensible. Um, I, I really don't mind the decision to protect Hall. It's just I I like McCann, so that kind of threw a wrench into things. But other than that, I like their expansion list. Yeah, I, I'm also, I'm also a fan of Hall. I think I think both you and I are. But I I think that this really shows that how the Leafs organization sees Hall and sees that whole situation in general. Um, obviously, Muzzin and Hall, like, forget about even the regular season. The past two playoff series, they've gone in with Muzzin Hall. Obviously, in the both of them, Muzzin got injured, but. Like, defense wasn't their issue against Columbus. Defense wasn't their issue against Montreal. And especially this year, like, Brody, Riley, Muzzin Hall, that top four worked. And like you said, we haven't had a good defense for a very long time. So I don't mind them, you know, really showing value in that and and, and kind of protecting him. I don't mind that. Um, I do hope that McCann doesn't get picked up. But I do have a theory with that... You know, some of the most underrated players by fans and just people around hockey are players who are pretty good defensively, who don't put up a lot of points, but and they're also not physical. I think those are the most underrated players in the league. And, and I'll give you some examples. So on the Leafs, a guy like Pierre Engvall, uh, Kerfoot, and just Justin Hall. Around the league, I think about guys like Ryan O'Reilly, that's probably a higher example of that. Ryan O'Reilly, Mark Stone. And the only time that those players really get the recognition that they really have is A, they win, like Mark Stone, like Ryan O'Reilly, or when they show any sort of physicality or put up points. So, you know, obviously Stone and O'Reilly are kind of the higher end of that theory. But, um, you know, I, I just feel like with Justin Hall, like, like he played really well to start the season. He was putting up points, and that's when people were talking about Hall for Norris. And then as soon as he stopped putting up points, everyone kind of turned on him. So I don't know. Maybe he's just got to score a goal here or there, and he'll start getting the credit he deserves. But I don't know. I, I just don't think that we really valued good defensive play um, as much as maybe we should. But, you know... I also am not saying Hall was, was so good defensively. I don't think he was, but I do think that pairing worked. And, I mean, for $2 million, I think Hall is exactly what a fourth defenseman should be. Yeah, I think he's a, a perfectly reasonable player to protect. Um, I, you know, the Hall for Norris thing is kind of funny, but um, I think you made it, The one point there I wanted to touch on that you made is I think he did have a good start to the season, and, you know, I don't think he was bad in the playoffs, but he wasn't really noticeable as far as I remember. So I think the playoffs really kind of threw a wrench into a lot of the evaluations out there. Um, like Kerfoot was, I was on the other side of Kerfoot all season. Like I was 
defending him. I felt like every week, every podcast, I was defending Alex Kerfoot, saying, you know, he's not all that bad. I don't think you have to trade him right now. I think he's a fine third-line center. Um, and all of a sudden, he, he goes out and has like a, a puts up some points with William Nylander come playoff time, and all of a sudden, it's like the same people that were ripping him apart midseason are like outraged that he's not being protected. So I feel like sometimes you have to have like a longer memory and take, uh, you know, a, a larger sample of the player, you know, Kerfoot's fine, but I think he's, you know, for me, if he's going to be paid 3.5, he's playing center. I don't really want him playing wing for that amount. Um, and if you don't like him as the third line center, I think he's, I think he's going to go elsewhere. So, you know, even if they took McCann Seattle, I wouldn't be surprised if Kerfoot's traded. Right. So that, that I don't know. I'd be, uh, I still feel like we saw with Kapanen and Andreas Johnson that if you're in that three to four million range, sometimes you get you get dealt and you're on the outside looking in. Um, the other thing, Nick, in terms of Justin Hall is I don't really know what they'd do if he would have left. Like I think you'd have to go out and get someone. I don't want Travis Dermott on that pairing. The thing about that pairing is they're the ones that go up against opposing top lines uh, most mm-hmm. times. So I don't really want Dermott playing his offside against you know first line forwards. I don't want Timothy Lilligren as a rookie playing on on that, you know, against top competition. I don't really want Rasmus Sandin in the top four. I'd rather have him more sheltered minutes where he can kind of thrive offensively. So I didn't really like the other options. I didn't want a Zach Bogosian, you know, on that top pair, for example. Um, so that's why I, I, I wanted to protect Hall. Now, obviously, I've said a million times now that McCann kind of changed things for me just because I'm so high on him, but... Um, I am glad he, that Justin Hall is going to be on the team next year. That's, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, I definitely think the competition isn't really considered uh, for a lot of people that want, that don't really value what Hall has been doing. Um, I do see a lot of Lilligren, you know, potentially replacing him. I do want to see Lilligren play against bottom pairing, sorry, you know, bottom competition before we just throw him up against the McDavid's and the McKinnons of the world. Um, and I think Justin Hall's proven that he can play up against those types of guys. Like there's always jokes about him playing up against, uh, McDavid this year. Um, I think he can hold his own against good players. And I think he's a good enough skater that he can keep track with guys that are a little bit faster, that are a little bit more skilled. So, um, you know, I'm definitely not super angry with them protecting Hall, but we'll see what happens with McCann. I do want to talk about Travis Dermott though, because, I think this speaks volumes to how this organization actually looks at him. Um, Maybe I'm reading a bit too into it, but, you know, you look at the playoffs, game one, Rasmus Sandin, who hardly played the whole season, plays game one over Travis Dermott, who, might I add, had a really good defensive season. Him and Bogosian, I thought, was a pretty good low event line. Um, They never really were a problem for the Leafs all year. And still, Rasmus Sandin played Game One. Whether that was a you know a good or bad decision, I won't really comment on that. And then Sandin gets injured for a little bit, and I think it was Game, I think it was Game Five, Four maybe. After the Leafs already won two games, or Game Five, Dermot, I mean um, Dermot gets sat again, and Sandin gets played. And then now, despite Dermot being younger, he is able to play right defense. He's obviously haven't played right defense in the top four, but he is able to do it. Um, he's younger. He's 
been with the team for years. He came through the development system. He played with Sheldon Keefe and was arguably one of their best defensemen um, in their championship year. And they still expose him for the older Justin Hall. So maybe that is just them overvaluing Hall and, you know, really valuing the fact that he can play top competition as a righty. But I don't know. Like, I, I think that if Dermott doesn't get, you know, picked up by Seattle, I think there's a decent chance that he gets dealt this offseason. Yeah. I mean, I, I did say it on the last episode. I personally would have protected Hall over Dermott. Um, I think Sandine over Dermott was even a, a, the right call come playoff time. Um, I know, obviously, Sandine ended up having a bad turnover, so did Dermott. So uh, we could kind of debate, you know, who played better come in the playoffs. But at the time, I like that Sandine decision. I think, you know, Sandine's got a bright future ahead of him. He's a, he's a much better puck mover. Um, I think Dermott's probably better defensively. Um, for me, the question with Dermott, I'd prefer him on the left side. And obviously, you have Muzzin, Riley, and Sandine on the left side already. Um, you could put him on the right side. I'd, if, he, if he's going to be on the right side, I'd probably want him in the third pairing. Um, so if their third pairing next year was Sandine Dermott, fine. I'm, I'd be completely okay with trying that. Um, I do think you run into some questions in terms of the penalty kill, things like that. But you know, I would I'd be perfectly fine with with starting with a, a Sandine Dermott third pairing. Um, for me, really, the question was: I think he's like if you were thinking of trading Morgan Riley, which I don't think they're going to. Um, then I'd probably want to protect him because I think, you know, he's pretty good defensively. He's someone that could slot into the top four if needed, but going into next year, I mean, he could be the, the, the right shoot, the, the right D on the third pairing. He could also be the seventh defenseman. I mean, at his cap hit, it's, it's not crazy. Um, I'd be fine with those. If they get a big offer, I think they'll move him. But the other thing too, Nick is, is, they had a chance to move him last year, it sounded like, in a deal for Mackenzie Wieger with, with Janssen in there. It seems like they didn't do that. At least that was the rumor. So I think they value him a bit. I just don't think he had a great year. Um, offensively, he's he's pretty limited. Um, defensively, he's he's good, but maybe not great. I do like his transition defense. Um, so I, I, he's just a favorite of mine. I hope he's around next year. I'd like to see him in the lineup, whether it's the seventh year or on the third pairing. But... Um, if they did get a big offer for him, I'd have to consider it. If he did get taken, I don't think I'd be outraged. So um, I think they, I think they're kind of making the right calls on Dermot at this point. That's that's where I'm at on him. Yeah, for the record, I also at the time was happy with. Um, I was okay with Sandy playing game one. Obviously, I'm, you know, Sandy's probably my favorite player in the whole organization. Um, but Dermot's up there as well. I think if Seattle took him, I'd be a bit sad. I think he's such a likable player. And I think we've all been on the train of, of him playing in the top four. So, you know, for him to go to Seattle and, and potentially be in the top four, I think would sting just a bit. But I guess you'd have to be happy for him. Yeah, I think. Uh, so ultimately where I'm at is I think the Leafs view Kerfoot and McCann somewhat similarly. Like, I think they're OK going either way. If they, if they really like McCann, I think they would have protected him. Like if they thought he was a crazy undervalued player. Um, but my question in terms of mechanic is let's say he's on the team next year. Okay. Where do you think they have him penciled in? Now, obviously a lot can change. They could go out and get a great deal on a center that changes things. 
But do you see him as a winger or a center on next year's team? What's your guess if you had to predict today? So opening night, he's on the team. What position is he playing? Well, I'll say this. I don't know if they have a set spot for him just yet. Similar to how it is with Kerfoot. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they feel like there's probably a 50-50 chance of Kerfoot being on the set as a third-line center or in the top six. Because, you know, last year, a lot of... Last year, Kerfoot really didn't play center very much. He, you know, Pierre Engvall played a lot at third-line center. In the playoffs, obviously, Kerfoot played center on the second line. So, And Kerfoot spent time in the top six during the year. So I do see them looking at him as kind of that utility player that they're going to fill out the rest of the roster and they can be confident if McCann is the third-line center, third-line winger, second-line... Sorry, not second-line center. I know that for sure. Uh, but or a, a second line winger. So, if I had to put money down, I would say opening night he would be the third line center. Um, but I don't think it would take too too long for them for uh, Keith to start experimenting and putting him next to Tavares and Nylander. Yeah, I'm I'm about fifty fifty as well. So which is another cop out. I guess I'll say I guess I'll say center as well. Actually, I'm going to go winger just because he's played more wing in the past. Um, and, you know, I'd like to add another center. That way, if there's an injury, McCann kind of can shift over. So I'll go winger, but honestly, I think it's 50-50. So I don't want to say, like, talk too confidently. Um, but, yeah, he could be the third-line center. He could be the winger. I think that that's what I like about him. But, again, it's it's tough to really, you know, get too hyped about Jared McCann when we, we don't know if he's going to have the same least career as Evan Rodriguez, who... By the way, I was watching McCann the other night. I would like to sign Evan Rodriguez. I'm, I'm going back to that. Uh, I hope they I hope they try again. He's an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, they tried last year to sign him, and, and it didn't work. Uh, he was acquired as part of the Capitan trade. So um, I think he's a good underrated player, just as a decide. But well, we were we were excited about that when the Capitan deal happened. I remember looking at Rodriguez's numbers and started watching it. I said, like they've got a player here. And then, uh, obviously, he went back. But quick side note, now that you brought Evan Rodriguez, have you ever seen Kapanen's fight list, who he's fought in the NHL? Yeah, I saw... Well, you tweeted the one. I know McCann. I remember that fight because uh, I wanted McCann at the time. And I was thinking, okay, let's just... Hopefully, they get traded for each other. And you said Uyghur was the other one, right? Yeah, so he's actually fought four times. So he's fought Evan Rodriguez... Jared McCann, Brett Howden, a pretty good young player, Just and Mackenzie Weaker. So I don't know. I think you should start tweeting some. Uh, the Leafs should be getting Howden and Weaker because I think that's coming up in the future if uh, <laughs> this trend continues. Captain just hates future Leafs. Does he? Eh? Yeah. Um, Just fight, wants to fight all of them. So. Brett Howden actually just got traded, and speaking of trades, we had quite a few from around the NHL, uh, and just just from the other expansion draft list. Um, I think the biggest one was Ryan Ellis going from the Nashville Predators to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, It was a three-way trade. Nolan Patrick went to the Vegas Golden Knights. Cody Glass went to, um, I think Cody Glass is on the Predators now. 
and Philip Myers is also on the Predators now. So what did you think of that trade? Just your your quick, you know, 15-second analysis. Who, who did you like on that side of the trade? You're going to have to educate me on this trade because this is one of those ones where you actually texted me the trade. Mm-hmm. And I saw Nolan Patrick going one way, but I never actually got into the logistics of it, of like why certain teams. I just saw that Patrick got traded, that Ellis got traded, and like it was two trades simultaneously, right? Yeah, so kind of like a three-way trade. Yeah, so I actually have no opinion on it because I, I, <laughs> I never really looked at it. To be, I saw the tweet, I saw that Nolan Patrick was was traded, and I was like, I never looked into it after that. I think I was so invested in this. Uh, I'm stuck on Leafs Twitter. I'm stuck in the Leafs world. Yeah, I like it for the Flyers as long as Ryan Ellis is healthy. I think there's some health concerns there. And I just think he's a very underrated player, an outstanding defenseman. Putting him with Provorov just sounds amazing. Um, that that Flyers team, if they can get goaltending next year, they're going to be tough to beat, which is a big if. But um, With Nolan Patrick, he's obviously the second overall pick ahead of guys like, like Pedersen. Uh, I think Heiskanen went right after him as well. So um, I think he's had issues. I believe it's been migraines. So he hasn't really been playing much as well. So, uh, you know, that's kind of a more of a health trade where I think, okay, who's healthy and who's at their best might might decide it. Um, obviously, if, I think if Ellis is at the top of his game, the, the Flyers got an outstanding player. Um, but there's risk there. And, you know, Cody Glass hasn't been able to crack the lineup. I was actually had him as a, as a target for the Leafs. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have a huge opinion on it either just because it's so health-related. But one trade I did like from the New York Islanders, Lou Lamorello going for his third straight GM of the year. He, this was actually a pretty good trade. So he, he traded Nick Letty to the Red Wings and somehow got a second-round pick and Richard Panic with half retention. And then he traded two seconds. I think it's two seconds. There's like conditions in these, but I believe it's two seconds for the Arizona Coyotes to take Andrew Ladd. So I did like his ability to generate some cap space, but it was quite funny or just like, like a classic moment that he protected Matt Martin. So um, uh, just a, a good good time sake. Yeah, it's it's weird with the Islanders protections situation because. It, it's hilarious that, first of all, that they protected Matt Martin. But they left Eberly and they left Josh Bailey um, unprotected. And two things are even either happening. One, first of all, Eberly is, is 31 years old. He signed at 5.5 for the next three years. And Bailey, who's also 31, he signed for the next three years at $5 million. So there's two things that are either going on. One, Lou recognizes that maybe Josh Bailey and Eberly shouldn't be signed um you know well into their 30s at, at just over five million each multi-year deal so he's pretty much admitting that those deals aren't very good and he's okay with seattle taking them or b he just really really loves matt martin so i don't know which one's funnier um but i hope it's b because based on the last protection list i think it's b i think it's a i have uh, i think it's <laughs> Those guys are overpaid. I, I don't even know if he signed the Everly deal, did he? Like, it's tough to tell how much time there's been since Everly signed, but maybe. It's been two years, so 2019-2020. I'm pretty sure he signed that deal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he is overpaid. Um, yeah, so, 100%. There's a few guys on that team that are overpaid. 
I guess the other thing with the expansion draft is there's been a lot of players this time around who are overpaid, but were exposed in the expansion draft. Carey Price is the big one. Vladimir Tarasenko in St. Louis. Gene Van Riemsdyk in, in, with the Flyers. Maybe not as overpaid, but um, I think they like other contracts better. Um, just a lot of those types of players. Adam Henrique comes to mind. What are your thoughts on just who Vegas is going to take? Do you think, let's start with Carey Price. Do you think there's any chance they're taking Carey Price? It's it's $10.5 million for the next five years. Okay, after this podcast, you need to uh, you need to send me a, your address and I'm going to send you a calendar. Because you keep saying Vegas. You just love, you're just uh, a Golden Knights fan. <laughs> um, no, but you know, I think it's interesting this time because I think the Kraken have a ton of good players that they could pick. And if they wanted to be a pretty good team in their first year, um, they could do that. I think it's a pretty weak division that they're in. Um, I think they could make the playoffs this year if they really wanted to. But to them, or they could be a team that was similar to Vegas where you, you do pick players that you think that are a bit underrated. You try to accumulate as many picks as you you can and you also try to have as much cap space as you can i think in the end they're probably going to go somewhere in the middle i, I think that's what i would do um like i would not pick carry price i would just stay away from that contract i wouldn't want to sign that that signing bonus uh for this year especially in, in your first year in your uh expansion year um but there's a ton of good players that i i think i would be interested in but you know i think we've seen in, in this cap world that cap is king so I still wouldn't, you know, kind of be myopic with it. I think that, you know, they should try to have at least over 10 mil in cap after they're done here. Yeah. So actually, as we were recording, Nick, there was some news that came out that uh, Carey Price has some, I guess, medical or injury concerns, which which might, you know, just rule it out altogether. But I think the contract should have as well. I can't believe people are considering or saying they would take him. Um, ten and a half gives you any player you want, and Price is thirty four. He's gonna you're gonna be paying him till he's thirty eight. Um, with injuries and with goalies, I don't think you want a ten and a half million dollar goalie. I know some people th- were saying that you know he could be what Vegas had with Flurry, um, but Flurry made like half as much, right? Like Vegas doesn't have a player who makes as much as Carey Price, as far as I know. I don't even think Petrangelo or Stone make that much. So I, I think it's just ridiculous. I think it would be a, a, a horrendous move if they did it. I think Montreal would be doing, you know, backflips. They'd go out and sign a Dougie Hamilton or a Landis Cog with all that money. Maybe get a guy like Kemper. Um, but uh, I could see maybe the shorter term guys. Like I think JVR is two years left. I think Tarasenko's two years left. Um, those guys kind of make more sense. If I'm going for a big name, like PK Subban comes to mind just one year. I know it's nine million cap hit, which is nuts, but it's just one year. I think it makes more sense. I wouldn't want to like. I wouldn't want to hamstring the team in like five years from now. Um, but I'm gonna throw out a another interesting one. I think they should go after Jack Eichel. They got Yanni Gord, who's gonna be well. They have a chance to take Yanni Gord, who's very good. I think he's got four years left. They got the number two pick. I think Jack Eichel would be so fun there. Um, and the Sabres need centers, and they could go and get two centers right there. I don't know if that offer could get is going to get beat. So I think Jack Eichel makes way more sense than Carey Price. 
but I do hope we kind of see a big move. I don't think it's going to be Price, but I hope they kind of make a big splash, whether it's Landis Cog, whether it's an Eichel, just for the fun of it, because I want to watch this team next year. I think they're going to have some fun players. Like, even if Subban was on the team, I think, like, he's one of the most entertaining players in the league. He's one of the most likable players in the league. So I think, like, I would definitely watch cracking games uh, if he's there. And if, let's say, even if they got Tarasenko, uh, I think that's a fun team. But, yeah, I would also, you know, stay away from Price. The Eichel thing's interesting because you obviously would much rather give him the money at 24 years old and a you know one of the best players in the league who is in their prime probably you know hitting their prime uh than carry price but i don't know i i always see online that people are like oh well if they got price that would really sell tickets i mean they're an expansion team like seattle's never like doesn't have a hockey team right now i, I don't think they'll have a problem selling tickets over there just the fact that there is hockey there and an nhl hockey team and Every single, you know, every week you have a new star coming in in town to play the Kraken, you know, whether they're playing Vegas or they're playing, you know, McDavid or Matthews or whatever. I think they're going to get people coming to games to watch them. So I don't really think the general manager should be making choices based on, you know, oh, let's get price in here so that we can sell some tickets. I don't think they're going to have an issue with that. Um, So they got to try and get the best team as, you know, as they can similar to what Vegas did. So, um, but Jack Eichel, I mean, you're kind of ticking off both boxes. You're selling tickets <laughs> and you're being pretty good. So I'd be on board there. That would be fun. Yeah. I, I get the one all the time in my mentions now that price would sell jerseys. It's like, they're going to buy jerseys. It's just a matter of if it's price's name on the back or like Yanni Gord. So, or, or, or Alex think, Kerfoot or Alex <laughs> Kerfoot or Travis Durham. Um, Maybe there'll be a lot of Travis Dermott Seattle Kraken jerseys. We'll see. But I'd buy one. Actually, I probably wouldn't. It'd be too sad. But uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't. But anything to add? I do. I do have a trivia question for you. Okay. But I got anything you wanted to talk about? I want to go. I'm gonna run through my team quick. I drafted a team on Cat Friendly. I'm just gonna run through the names. So JVR took him even though he's a bit overpaid. Domi, Yanni Gord, who's going to be their star. Josh Bailey, who's a bit overpaid, but I still took him. JT Comfort, Jared McCann, Christian Fisher, Alex Volkov, Colin Blackwell, Zach Aston Reese. Uh, I got Adam the Gadet from from the Blackhawks. Cole Lind, Mark Giordano, Dylan DeMello, Troy Stetcher, Connor Clifton. Uh, I took Kale Flurry from the Habs. Jake Bean, Vince Dunn, Kapil Kakinen. Uh, I took Vanacek and Dreger. So you have a bunch of players to trade. I didn't go through everyone, just kind of the bigger names. That team has like at least $12 million in extra cap space to make a big signing if you wanted to, whether it's Landis Cog or whoever you want. Um, I, I think that's going to be a decent team. I guess I'll, I'll put it there. Um, and I'm going to put two predictions out there. So one is, I think, A, the... One trade I wanted to talk about briefly was Aiden Hill because I think the Leafs are going to be in on Darcy Kemper now. And at my my concern with Kemper, and I, when I wrote my, my goaltending article, was if Arizona wanted to protect Hill and trade Kemper, he wasn't really a, a fit for the Leafs because the Leafs had to protect Jack Campbell. 
But now that he has been protected, I don't see Arizona losing him for nothing. I just see them kind of signing two goalies and trading Kemper at some point. Um, so I, I would look out for that if you're a Leafs fan. And the other thing I'll throw out there is I could see a trade with Seattle, whether it's, you know, if maybe if Kerfoot doesn't get taken, maybe he gets traded to Seattle. Maybe if Timothy Lilligren gets traded to Seattle or like a Topi Nimala or some good prospects because they'll have to build a prospect pool. But Seattle has access or they have a list of players with good contracts. Like I'm just looking at like a Colin Blackwell for under league minimum would make tons of sense for the Leafs given their cap situation or, you know, a Dylan DeMello at 3 million or a Mason Appleton who makes under a million. Um, so I could see, I think they're great trade partners, Seattle and Toronto. The other thing too, is you could, they have, they have tons of cap space. They have $0 on their cap right now. So they could take someone like JVR at 7 million, retain half and trade him for prospects for two years. That could work. So those are my two predictions. I'm going to say watch out for Darcy Kemper and watch out for a trade with Seattle. Um, I'm ready for this trivia question, though, if, if, if you don't want to touch on that. I would be big fans if both of those predictions came true. But instead of going into the future, we're going to go into the past here. I think you're going to get this one. Um, but So the 2013-2014 Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, coached by Sheldon Keefe, AJ McLean was their assistant coach, who's now part of the Leafs organization. Dubas was the obviously was the general manager. One of their leading goal scorers was McCann. Who was the other player who's currently in the Leafs organization who was a top five scorer that year? He actually was third in scoring. So McCann had 27 goals, 62 points in 64 games. And this player had 61 points, so one point less than McCann in 65 games. One more game, so pretty good numbers. I don't know. So there's, I know there's a there's a ton to choose from. I'll give you a hint. He is a forward. Um, he's in the organization right now. There's a ton to choose from because there's been a, there's a ton of former Sioux Greyhounds in the Leafs organization right now. Yeah, he's a podcast well, favorite, though. That's another hint. We do like him. Okay, I know. Michael Bunting was on that team, who might be a Leaf next year. I'll throw that out there. Yes. I know Sergei Tolchinsky was on that team, who might be a Leaf the following year, because he's going to be a big KHL free agent. So maybe they'll just bring that line back together, the Bunting-McCann-Tolchinsky line. Um, obviously, it's not Simmons or Thornton. They're way too old. Sandine's a defenseman, and he's too young. He's in the Leafs organization. Yes. He had a really good season last year, actually. And a lot of people that kind of just started watching the Marlies really liked him last year. So he's on the Marlies. Oh, well, that just that was a huge giveaway. But yeah, go for it. <laughs> Is it Tyler Gaudet? It's Tyler Gaudet. 26 okay. goals, 61 points. He was playing center that year for them. So I was thinking I was thinking Leafs, so that that explains that, but Yeah. I got a trivia question hoping, for you if you're ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I, I was actually hoping that the the fact that I said in the Leafs organization would kind of give it away that he wasn't on the uh, on the Leafs, but you got it in the end anyway, so you get full credit. Okay, this is a this is a longer question, and I don't I don't know how you'll do. We'll see. So I'm a big fan of Vegas in that expansion draft because I keep saying Vegas instead of Seattle. So let's go back right. in time to the 2017 expansion draft. 
The Leafs protected seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. I want you to name the players. Let's start with the goalie. So this was um, one year after the Matthews Marner rookie season. Yeah, this one was really difficult because the Leafs had all their good players on ELCs. Um, the goalie should be easy. Yeah, I mean, Freddie. Yep. Okay, so then they okay. had three defensemen. Oh, God. Uh, Riley would have been on the ELC, I feel. Nope. Riley's on there. Oh, no. R- Riley's on there. Uh, let's go Hunwick. Nope. No. I think him. Hunwick was a free agent after that year. Uh, I know the forward's a lot better than the defenseman. I'm trying to think who was even on that team. Two, Give me a hint here. Two of your favorites. Let's put it that way. One shoots left, one shoots right. One was Four? on the team for... No. Your favorite. Yeah, I thought you were being, I thought you were being sarcastic. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get the defenseman. I'm drawing blanks here. Okay, one was so, on the team but... for ages. Oh, okay. Okay, so Jake Gardner. Yeah. And the other one's... The righty. Oh. The, the righty played on the Marlies for a bit, then got called up, and then got traded. You're, you're he's one of my fan. favorites? One of your favorites. He oh, Connor Carrick. Less... Connor Carrick. Connor Carrick. Yep. Great, great podcast. Better than our okay. podcast, I'd say. That was going to be my next hint. Okay, so <laughs> now you got seven forwards to go through. So, yes, no Matthews, no Martin, no Nylander, all on entry-level contracts. Who are the seven? Okay, here we go. So Matt Martin, Leo Komarov, Tyler Bozak, uh, P.A. Parento? No. Or Spalling, maybe? No. You're, you're, uh, now you're going too far out there. Oh, yeah. You're missing more of their best players oh, now. JVR. Yep. Kadri. Yep. And so now you have, one more? You have two more. They're both they were both homegrown. Neither's on the Leafs anymore, but they're both in the NHL. Both homegrown. Both came from the Marlies. They were both pretty okay. young at the time. One's Connor Brown, and then the other yep. one. Oh. It couldn't have been Janssen, could have been Kapanen too early. Nope. Um, yeah, definitely wasn't them. I believe this guy's a free agent this year. Oh, Josh Levo, who's actually one of my fourth-line targets this year. Wow. Uh, he's one of my targets every year since he <laughs> since he left. So <laughs> if only he could just stay healthy. <laughs> he's, he's, I think he's waiting for uh, to come back to the Leafs organization, hopefully, but... Yeah, he is a free agent this year. He's actually a UFA. Yeah, all right. You did better than I th- expected you to. Uh, you Took know, me you a start- while with the defenseman. I like how you started with Martin and Komarov because like, those are the ones that stood out the most. It's just like, Those are the ones you remember? The, Lou just, he never disappoints. It's so funny because I, I think the, I think protecting like the Islanders protecting Matt Martin this year is hilarious, and I think that's a bigger issue than the Leafs protecting Hall over McCann and Kerfoot. And even back then, like they probably shouldn't have protected Matt Martin back then. But the amount of kind of outrage that it, it causes amongst Leafs Twitter is the same. But even though like protecting Hall wasn't as bad as if they protected, you know, someone that was uh, like a Matt Martin like player. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes if you don't have anyone to protect, like if you kind of want Eberly and Bailey to go, maybe it just kind of makes sense to protect whoever. But 
I remember back in 2017 that exposing Brandon Leipzig was not a popular decision. I think a lot of therapy was needed for, for Leafs fans after that. It was uh, it was it was pretty heartbreaking at the time, but you know we got through yeah. it. That was that was the the I think the peak point of heartbreak, even more than the four one loss, even though even more than the loss to the Zamboni driver. I think the the Brandon Leipzig over Matt Martin was the uh, the most heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, that was probably a good move. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens with McCann because I, I think uh, if, he, if he gets taken by Seattle, uh, I think there will be a ton of criticism to go out there. And uh, I think I might be part of that group too. But hopefully he isn't. I hope he's a Leaf next year. Yeah, so I think we'll have to regroup. The expansion draft's on Wednesday. So we'll know who gets taken from the Leafs. We'll know... There's going to be some interesting ones, like Giordano, for example, or God forbid, Carey Price would be, you know, we'd have tons to talk about. So I think we're going to regroup either Wednesday night, maybe Thursday. Uh, we'll see everybody then. Thanks for listening. And please, Seattle, do not take Jerry McCann. That's the last request. But thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you late next week.